Friends, our gospel lesson today comes from Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Listen again for God's word for us today. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him, and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to rise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Oh God, as we approach your word today, teach us what it means to prepare ourselves and make room for the ways in which you are breaking into our world in this season. Allow your spirit to awaken us to your word and your movement. Use me and use us together to prepare for how you are calling us into being. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As Christmas songs and commercials have been playing on TV, on our phones, in the stores, and on the radio since after Halloween, I suspect if you, even if you tried to not feel too rushed into the holiday season, that if you don't have all of your Christmas decorations and trees up by now, you're feeling about five steps behind. As a pastor, I know that the season of Advent and Christmas is hustle and bustle for its own reasons even as it's supposed to be a time of reflection and waiting. Of course, I quickly fell into the trap of hurrying up and getting things done by the first Sunday of Advent last week. You know, I did it so, you know, I can like slow down and enjoy uh, the rest of the season and be contemplative later. So if I can boast a little bit, I managed to order and hand address and mail out like a hundred holiday cards put up our Christmas tree and stockings, um, set up at least two nativity scenes in our house, and bought our Christmas, uh, Christmas wrapping paper all by December 1st. I was feeling super <laughs> top of it. <laughs> Just that's funny. Don't need to clap, but it's funny. Um, I was feeling super on top of it and ahead of the game when we received our first holiday card in the mail on Monday, December 2nd. Someone was prepared ahead of me. <laughs> what? So even the fact that I, I was shocked uh, that someone else was prepared before I was made me laugh 
at how easy it is to get sucked into feeling like this season is some kind of competition to hurry up and get it all done in order to rest, wait, relax for the coming of the birth of a babe. We want to be prepared, to be ready so that we don't have to rush at the end or even in the middle. Well, our gospel reading today has something to say about being prepared as well, and it's not wrapped in niceties or festive singing. If we're honest, what we just heard of John's proclamation in the wilderness feels jarring, abrasive, or even kind of offensive rather than the holly jolly we are hoping for in this season. In fact, it's a passage that comes up almost always at the beginning of Lent as we prepare for 40 days in the wilderness places of our lives leading to that resurrection Easter morning. But if you've been in the church world a while and have been paying attention, this message of repentance and preparing the way of the Lord always comes at the beginning of Advent as well. A friend of mine uh, reminded me that John the Baptist's sermon of repentance is mentioned more times in the Gospels than even the Nativity story itself. The story of Jesus' birth only shows up in two of our Gospels, Matthew and Luke, but John's message is mentioned in all four. And so if Advent is a time of spiritual preparation, then maybe we do need to stop and pay attention to the words of this wild man crying out in the wilderness, even if his words feel jarring in the season of merrymaking. That same colleague who reminded me that this story happens more than the nativity scene also told me about his late seminary professor, uh, Dr. David Bartlett, who once compared the season of Advent to Charles Dickens' classic novel, A Christmas Carol. And I loved this because this professor noted that if the arrival of the Christ child is the joyous, happy ending, then John the Baptist is our Jacob Marley. He is our ghost of Christmas's past, present, and future that we must first be visited by and reckon with before we can be truly prepared, as Scrooge was, for that Christmas morning. Now, I'm not suggesting that we need to go all the way back into our deepest, darkest histories in this Advent season and think about all the ways in which we took a wrong turn and therefore repent. But the voice begins by calling us to prepare the way of the Lord, to make his path straight. But, but, but we're living in a time when making things right, path straight, just and smooth for all people feels impossible. The systems in place do not allow for that to happen, and so much needs to change in order for us to get even close to the vision that God is calling us to. But this is what John the Baptist is crying out. Unless we think that things were better back then, the truth is the systems were just as broken then as they are now. Because if we think about it, the Christ child on whom we are waiting for right now was, would also be born into a land controlled by the empire that he was not a citizen of, who would be born in the midst of a system where some enjoyed the privileges of citizenship and others would not. I mean, his mom was essentially a homeless, unwed, pregnant teenager. And when Jesus is born, the king that ruled the day would be so threatened by the power of a child's birth that he would call for the slaughter of all the children in that region two years old and under. 
And if you are not protected by the system, you lost your child. Story, it just resonates so much for so many things today. It was heartbreaking then, and it's heartbreaking now. Aren't you all glad you came to church today? Broods of vipers, wrath, burning chaff with unquenchable fire, and Reverend Irene on her tirade about the reminder of the injustices of our world then and now. But friends, it's truth, perhaps even a beautiful truth, that God chose to enter a time that was as faithless and crooked as our own. Jesus came and Jesus comes even in the middle of the mess. And so, we begin with John's call to repentance and preparation and making a way, because if we can get past what sounds like fiery and condemning language, what I see in this passage is that his call to repentance, the call to change and trans, the call to change and the call for transformation, is actually providing some kind of openness and pathway for all of the people of Jerusalem and Judea and all the region along the Jordan to go to him, baptized in the River Jordan and confessing their sins. His words, which might freak some of us out, is actually attracting crowds. In the midst of whatever chaos and darkness surrounded their lives at the time, there was something compelling about John's call to let the chaff burn to acknowledge and let the crud and the crap of their lives burn. There was something freeing and not condemning or scary about his call to repentance. Not wallowing in pity or their mistakes or their sin or whatever you want to name it, but repentance as liberation. Freeing yourself from your own gunk. The ability to be changed. I mean, wouldn't it feel good if we could really trust in God's grace and mercy and then to be able to name and release those things that hold us down, that, that keep us unable to move and, or afraid, that weighs upon us? Wouldn't it be nice to watch it all burn and then have water poured upon us in renewal? I can't be the only one who thinks that this sounds really good even as it is really hard. Lutheran pastor um, Nadia Boltz-Weber asks the question, quote, you know how people were prepared to receive the Christ? By admitting first that they needed him. So you know all those who were, who, those people who came to be baptized by John? They were the ones who knew that they needed it. In came streams of racists and soldiers and addicts and liars, and those who emotionally manipulate others to get what they want. In came all the greedy stockholders and activists, and every single person who knows that they need forgiveness. End quote. Even the Pharisees and Sadducees came. And even though John calls them out and names them vipers, what he's doing is really just checking their motivation and saying, don't just come here to put on a show. Come and bear fruit worthy of repentance. Come and be changed and leave here different. Friends, today, do we know that we need Christ? Because in the hustle and bustle of all of the preparation there is to do in the season, 
if we cannot recognize first that we need him, then we're going to forget what we're doing all of this for. We tend to be a forgetful people. We are self-reliant, independent, and always want to put on the front that we have it all together. We do not like to show vulnerability, and we hesitate to ask for help. So I know it's kind of a stretch to ask you today to not only recognize your limitations, but also to confess them. You see, friends, in the middle of this broken world, God comes to us in the most vulnerable way, through the birth of a child. And as you heard me name earlier, we are still living in a broken world, and God still seeks to break through and to be known. And in this season, maybe that way is made through our own vulnerability and willingness to acknowledge our own messy ways. Because the truth is, it's, it's much easier to point to other things and talk about how messed up that other person is or the way other things don't work well and how we just know better. But maybe, for a moment, we are being called to look at ourselves as well. If you and I remain unchanged, we cannot expect to have an impact on a broken world. We all have some repenting to do. I want to close with a story and reflection that um, author Jan Richardson shares, where she was on a retreat during a fairly complicated time, life-wise. And one night, as she was trying to pray about some of these complex situations, she asked God, what are you trying to teach me here? And she wrote in that reflection that with more clarity and immediacy than she usually experiences from God, an answer surfaced that said to her, I'm not trying to teach you anything. I am trying to make a way for you. And the response didn't change anything about her situation, but it changed the way she looked at where she was in her life. It helped her to recognize that the pieces she was struggling with did not have to keep her stuck. God was somehow using them to build a pathway out of there. I'm not trying to teach you anything. I'm trying to make a way for you. God is trying to make a way for us. Today, this week, can you and I make a way for our God? So friends, this week I want you to ask yourself, what is something that I need to confess, to repent, to release in this season so that I can not only prepare, but make a way and make room for God in my life. What chaff do we need to let burn so that the way may become more clear? Because in the midst of the messiness of our lives and in this world, God is still seeking to break through. I believe God wants to be known and received by us and seeks our own transformation and healing, not through guilt, but through compassion. And we won't be able to see that compassion. It's going to be really hard to welcome the one who is coming without us recognizing first that we need a Savior. Friends, there is still a voice crying out to us in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Repent, the kingdom of heaven has come near. One who is more powerful than I is coming after me. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire. Let us make a way within our own hearts today so that there may be room for, in all of our preparations for God to be birthed again and anew in and through us in this Advent season. May it be so. Amen. <laughs>